is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Crystal Skillman, the writer of Rain and Zoe Save the World, making its world premiere in London this February. For part one with Crystal, we talk about time management, self-talk, pushing through the pain, and how the latter is a myth. So I hope you enjoy part one with Crystal Skillman. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Crystal Skillman. Crystal, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Clay. This is a unique conversation because you're currently in London. I'm here in New York and we're working together on one of your projects, Rain and Zoe Save the World. And I'm very yes, excited. Are. I'm very excited to talk about it. But before we get to that, I want to talk about your process, what your views are on self-talk with discipline and pushing through and writing. So why don't we just why don't we just go to the let's start with the positivity. What is your self-talk? on keeping yourself moving forward with all of these projects you're working on. Yes, I think it's, um, I was actually struggling recently because I, I, things are growing for me and, and, and I'm ex I've expanded to, to be audio um, and being hired to write new pieces like The Magician's Magician, which was that Orchard project, um, which placed for the Austin Film Festival is being produced by Boom Integrated. I got to pitch to Netflix recently with it, you know, and a few other people that are interested in the TV component. So as this part of my dramatist life started to started to morph. Um, and then I've also always written for other mediums like comics. Um, you know, I've just had to say, okay, I usually do this thing about arcs and drafts and how many uh, hours I need for each project based on what I'm tackling in each project. I get really specific like, oh, this this arc of the storyline doesn't work or I need to, to world build. I need like three hours to break down a season or, or things like that or the beginning ideas and then, you know, keep that up through the week. But in addition, um, I recently uh, it's it's just gotten so intense and I have a new play commission and I said to my husband, I said, how do you do this? Because he works in about three or four comics sometimes a day. And I say, said, okay, well, I do blocks of time. I go, oh, yes, I know the blocks of time. And we, I just love that we're having this conversation after being married forever. We met in 97, 96, um, lived together in 97, got married in uh, 2001. And have been together ever since. So this now, and he's we've been writing forever. It's not like a new thing. So like the, now, I ask this question, um, and uh, he started talking about page count, and I had actually never done that before. That, that's something that novelists that I know, and I don't write novels. I um, do a lot more of, but I write so much. I I'm always writing at least ten to twenty pages a day, if not more. But what I realize is on when I go to some of these new things starting up again, I'm gonna. Um, aim for some pages or clock down what pages I, I did after. So even if you don't exactly know how many pages you want to hit, just just start to look at your pattern and say, okay, I got five to 10 pages done of this a day um, and things like that. So and he, he notes it on a calendar. My husband's Fred Van Linty, if anyone wants to, to Google and check out, writes for Marvel, a lot of great places. Um, uh, but also, um, uh, then you can start to look at the calendar, look at your productivity. So, you know, I think that, that that's been really helpful. Um, so I've been adding that to the arsenal. Um, yeah. And also, you know, once in a while to not once in a while, but whenever you're like, I'm too emotionally distraught or this is too hard, then you kind of just look and say, OK, I need two hours to, to relax here. I need a full 24 hours. I really try to break it down to time. I'm not always correct about the time, but mm -hmm. the attempt to be correct about the time helps me say, OK, it's, you know, in an hour I can do this, in five hours I can do this, and kind of break it down that way. 
Do you, um, when it's not coming to you, do you keep pushing through or do you have a split second reaction where you're like, okay, this, the next, the rest of this hour of writing, I'm going to, you know, meditate or remove myself from this project so I don't fall backwards on the whole day? In the beginning, when I started out and I was more searching as a writer and I didn't know structure as well, um, or I didn't, I didn't go, and now I have a, a pretty rigorous process between the conscious, what I consider structure work and the subconscious. Now a structure can change based on the project. You might have certain elements like I, I do want to play with the hero's journey here or the anti-hero's journey, or I'm discovering the structure and all of that's really cool. I steal a little from Adam Bach, who taught me this, is kind of looking organically at the piece and the natural structure. Scott Pilgrim is a great example. It has nine levels, right? Mm. And in my play Geek of a Comic-Con, I wrote nine levels because it mimics Dante's Inferno. Um, uh, costume uh, Comic-Cons, for those that don't know, are where people dress up like the characters, like, like, like um, you know, Miss Marvel and things like that. And it's very exciting. So this first play I wrote called Geek, uh, one of my first plays, um, I, I, I stole from that for the structure idea. So in terms of pushing through... There's, it's, it's, I feel like it's you speaking to yourself and I, but also I would say, make sure it's not the inner critic because the inner critic, you just need to take it and remove it from yourself. I think of it like plucking it from, from your heart or whatever. And, and I picture it like it's a little man. I don't know why he's like struggling. And then I just throw him on the ground and I stomp on him. That's like a visual, yeah. but I just, I just try, I try to understand it's not me being scared. It's not me saying I, I, I'm worried to go into the subject or, you know, I, I try to understand that first. And if it isn't those things, then what's happening usually is the pages are saying, I don't know why I'm talking. I don't know why the scene is happening. I don't know why, uh, you know, or the dialogue feels inaccurate, right? If it's two sisters that haven't seen each other in five years, why are they so familiar so quickly? And you don't know that sometimes till you sit down. You had this idea of the scene and then you're like, oh, geez, you know, I, I guess I need to know their character history a little bit more. Sometimes you can find that in the writing, but sometimes you need to just pause. I consider it a pause. And then I try to say, okay, what's really happening here? And it's kind of like a car, right? Like the engine has to be fixed because you don't want it to overheat so it breaks down, right? So you can fix that engine in any relationship to your trip and journey. Um, you just want to make sure that you don't want to go too far down the journey and build something that you'd have to completely rebuild if, if you have that knowledge. Many times we don't and we go through full drafts. And I do that a lot in my work. I kind of write in layers. Um, Rain and Zoe is a good example because there's a lot in it, the play is so rich because it it had so many scenes in it that that you don't see. But because of that, the the scenes feel so lived in because mm. the characters' history is so rich and their families and what we know, even if it's a one line, ended up being one line in the show, mm. um, is is so is so much. So I, I I I just try to understand. It's like an indicative that I need to figure something out. The the new play. Uh, I'm a commission for called the Rocket Men, which is about um, uh, the Nazis that were brought over from Germany that escaped that also that ended up in Huntsville, Alabama that that ended up building the rockets that ended up getting us to the moon mm. and a lot of other things. In the play, they're portrayed by uh, female actors. Um, so you know, I I've been working on this and working on this, and I kind of realized, oh geez, I I actually want the majority of it to be in Huntsville, Alabama, and I really need to know a little bit more actually about literally their working space and things like that, and things that I didn't think that I would need to know, maybe even more authenticity for because there are a lot of men, and not that we're gonna have every single character on stage, but what characters morph together or uh, can be accurate to the history. So I realized I needed to do a little bit more 
research and, and talk and maybe interview a few more people in Huntsville. So I didn't know that until I started writing it. I thought I had done enough research. So sometimes, uh, you know, it's just it's just knowing what you need when. Yeah. Uh, two more questions before we get to Rain and Zoe. Um, writing. Is it happening all on the laptop in silence with music on the couch at a desk <laughs> or is it all over? <laughs> it, it, I do like to spread out. And um, my husband will often be like, you have a desk, you have an office, you know, but it is my laptop and I take it to different places. Um, in silence or music? Um, I really, uh, different things. When I'm in a scene and I really know it, I have a soundtrack. That's one of my tricks. It's a great trick for anyone listening. Uh, you might already do it. Um, and, and you can get pretty specific, like certain moments are this. So uh, The Magician's Magician uh, has, a, has a chase sequence in it um, by audio, but it's a motorcycle chase. And I listen to a very specific track of The Mandalorian called Nurse and, Nurse and Protect, which is in the first season when the nurse protects Baby Yoda. It's just this really per it perfectly timed out to how I was visioning this 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 uh, motorcycle chase. And in that case, sometimes I run and do a scene in my head. In that case, because it was so action oriented, that was really helpful to do. Um, but then when I'm trying to go through beats, which is kind of a different skill for me, like I'm trying to be more like the actor, like. Mm -hmm. I got these pages. I say this, you say this. I say, are these building? Are they repetitive? Do they move things forward? Do we get, I cannot do that with music at all. It has to be pretty naked. Mm. And um, yeah, and it's hard to do even from a PDF. I can scroll and look, but I really love a, a physical copy if I can to like kind of go through and then cross out lines and kind of do that and then go back to the laptop. Sure. Um, yeah, so that that's that's kind of that relationship there. But yeah, it is a great uh, trick when you're in the scene or to keep you in the scene to listen to music. I love that. Yeah. So after this, you know, talking about this personal process, <laughs> the process of a career, <laughs> of a one's life uh, in the arts. Yes. I want to discuss this. The the latter is a myth. Can you? The latter uh, is a myth. Can we expand? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I just I. Feel, I mean, I do rant, but I feel like, and I did it with one of our, our May playing um, Zoe, a lovely actor here in London, um, for Rain Zoe Save the World. I, you know, was trying to, to, I was just, I just want to part as much as possible that, you know, these, it could be taught so quickly, Clay, that just, it, it's not even that it zigs or zags or it goes up or it goes down. It's that certain things build in certain ways and you walk through the doors that are available to you, but you have to hone your craft and you can't have it all at once because you're going to grow and you're going to get even better and you're going to have new skills and maybe you write a play with music or maybe you write a musical or maybe you, maybe the podcast then or audio drama influences something else or then maybe you end up writing TV or TV scripts and like, oh, that I, I have a, a clarity that I didn't have before of economy of language. I'm going to put that back in the plays. So all those things take time. And so the success of a career goes with your skill, I think, and how it how it develops. You have an innate skill, something you're born with, something that that needs to communicate that you hone. But that that making that craft as as uh, tight and as solid and as sharp as it can be is what helps you when you walk through the door uh, be hired or get the job or meet the next person or impress enough or meet the person you were going to collaborate with and and have a synergy and meet the right person. So it's a real balance. What It's much more important to focus on the work itself 
and to make sure um, that it's what you want to be and create your own process for, for hearing that. Drive your own process. If you need to have actors in a room by Zoom, you know, uh, you know, I don't believe in doing things for free, but if it's only like a half hour, an hour, they're really good friends. Maybe you send them a bottle of wine or whatever, like, like, like ask them, hear it out loud if you need to hear it. If you need to invite a, a friend who is an editor and you're like, or a producer and like, oh, can you give me some thoughts? You know, it, it never hurts to ask. And I think that kind of thing helps. Um, and then, you know, how can you show it? How how can you maybe, I mean, we're, com we're, we're going towards endemic. So as we go towards endemic, certain things are going to return. How can you use three three nights at Dixon's place, which is something they offer? Mm. How can you write a grant to the tank and maybe, or B, have your play shown a night at the brick or, and that's pretty much what I did is almost like in a community way, just never stop and never, never wait for someone to produce me and never wait for someone to say, oh, you know, I can't. Uh, you know, I didn't wait around for a script to be done. There are certain scripts I did, like Rain and Zoe Save the World. I did a lot of development. I won a lot of stuff with it, mm -hmm. um, and I used that development. But I, I did not say, oh, I'm going to produce this myself. Like, that was something I'm like, that's not possible. Like, and it's not um, something I, I can, with the people I knew at the time, that, that you know, it's, it, it just was a bigger thing. And we didn't, I didn't really have the, the accessibility to that. Mm -hmm. so, so I think you just figure out which project when. But the idea that someone's going to come along, discover you out of nowhere, uh, pick the play that they don't never heard of, um, I just want to dispel that, you know. And even when that does happen, you're going to have to still make contacts and people and invite them to come see it or, or say to someone, hey, you know, um, I know you mentored my work and you really loved it. Can you suggest three people that should see my show or showing? Because I really want to see where it goes, you know. Um, build people who you who believe in you and who you trust and just keep keep working with the with the people that work for you and with you and i think that that that's really the way to do it i mean it's it's a people thing and i think a lot of people get obsessed with networking that that it's about knowing the right people i think it's more about you know meeting the people that can that can be a part of your world, but not every person's going to be right for your process or your kind of art or your or, or a certain project. They might be right for one thing and not the other. So I think it's it's that's so much that you can do. You never have to be stationary if you don't want to. Now, if you want to just write scripts for five years and see what happens, you know, um, you can't and then come out and then do a lot of socialization after that. You can do that too. It can be any kind of combo. It's just that the the point is. Don't wait for someone to find you or, or, and if you feel helpless, just say, who's in my own backyard? What can I do? Or how can I make my skills better to be seen? And that's kind of, I think, the most important thing to do. Um, what can I do today? What can I do in six months? What can I do in a year? Start to forward plan. Yeah. And thank you for, for, for diving, on, diving deep on that one because there is such a myth of discovery. You keep hearing it on, you know, in the news or whatever. It's like, discover, discover, discover. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not that. And one of it's one of the so reasons much. why Clay, it's so it's so much. It's so much. And one of the reasons why I think it's so important to to have some kind of sense of this, however you want to work it, is because if you if you if you rely too much on other people, and you get hired for things, you could you could wake up and be like, I I was working jobs for five years with my art, and that's not the story I want to tell, or that's not the kind of work I want to do. Mm -hmm. So you you're always going to have to go back to yourself in the driver's seat because you're going to have to go back to why am I writing today? What's my message, and what's my what's my goal? Mm -hmm. Certainly, sometimes you do write things just for money, but we're always looking for the for a combo of things, and hopefully, it it could hit a few sweet spots and not just that. 
You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.